Welcome, everybody. We are so glad to have you here uh, worshiping with the Wilshire Church of Christ. Welcome to those who are joining us uh, online. We are grateful that you have tuned in and uh, are uh, uh, allowing yourself to be part of this. It is just so good to be together. I, I am enjoying very much seeing people that in some cases I haven't seen uh, for a year, Ruby. And uh, when I saw Ruby sitting in the pew, I nearly jumped out of my skin. I was so excited. It, that It's so great uh, to, to get to see each other again. Thanks, everybody, for continuing to work to be safe and to keep other people safe. Uh, I, I appreciate that. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and we'll get through this and back to full normal one of these days. So we're talking about Colossians, and you, some of you have that study sheet that was handed out. If you want to turn over to Colossians, the first chapter, uh, that's where we're going to be spending our time. I'm going to start with the question. How early do you think it starts? How early do you think it starts, this process that human beings have of dividing up into us and them? Now this... This happened after I was in kindergarten, but I've, I've heard tapes of, uh, uh, of kindergartners singing this song, Tick Tock, The Game Is Locked. You know what that song means? Somebody has come in to whatever the kids are playing, wants to join in, and the kids who are already in the group say, you can't play. Our game's locked. Nobody else allowed. How early does it start? This tendency human beings in this fallen world have to want to say there's us and there's them over there. And this is one of those things that when we think about it, we realize however early it starts, it continues through human life. All of your life, whatever stage of life you're in now, there have been people telling you there's us and there's them. And they are the problem, oftentimes. And they are what we have to be afraid of, oftentimes. And they are the ones we have to be very careful to make sure we keep out whatever out means in the particular context. That's just a pervasive theme in our lives. There are always going to be voices whispering in our ears saying, don't get so close to them. Stay away from them. Stay with us. So actually, the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in Colossians today, that problem, divisions into us and them, is, is roiling through the background of what Paul's talking about in this passage. He's writing to people who are absolute Gentiles, by and large, before they met Christ. They are as far away and as distant from God as it's possible to... They are the ultimate them in this story. 
And Paul is talking to them, saying, you know that something dramatic has changed. You have a faith. Let me explain to you what your faith now means. Especially about this whole thing about an us and a them. Look at verse 21 if you have your Bibles. Once you, talking to this Gentile, mostly Gentile convert church. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, he says. It's not all other people's fault. It's your fault. I mean, you were willingly joining in with what was making you an alien. Verse 22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. You were alien and you were evil and the death of Jesus Christ has transformed you into someone who can dare to stand in the presence of God as holy because Jesus is holy and Jesus has changed you. To present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from this hope held out in the gospel. Such a beautiful passage to talk to people about what's happened to them because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You were as far away as it was possible to be. You yourself were running away as as fast as you possibly could by, by behavior that was hateful to God. And Jesus Christ has taken you and washed that away, blasted away that past and brought you into the family of God. No longer aliens, but part of the family. We have changed from outsiders to insiders, from aliens to family members in Christ. And that was, that's as true for us today as it was for this group of people that Paul is first writing to. Yeah, we have this problem, us versus them, the outside and the inside. But what Paul wants to stress is this. Whatever these Colossian Christians and whatever these Wilshire Christians have been told about who's the us and who's the them, Jesus Christ trumps it all. Whatever you've been told, Wilshire Christians, about the groups that you should worry about and keep away from and, you know, push off into the distance. Whatever you've been told about those that, uh, that, that you've been taught perhaps even to hate, Jesus Christ trumps it all. When Jesus Christ takes somebody out of this sinful world and brings them in, that trumps every division that human beings try to erect. Whether it's kindergartners on the playground, or whether it is social groups in this country, or whether it is nation states that are in conflict with each other, Jesus Christ trumps it all. You were aliens, and Jesus has brought you in. Look at what he goes on to say. This is the gospel you heard. You know, we all learn the gospel, and it, but, but all of our lives is spent trying to understand what it is we've learned. You know, we all believe the gospel. I believe, but we don't know very much about how that works. And, 
And the rest of our lives, we are, we are gaining an understanding of how that works and what it is we've actually committed to, what it is we actually believe. It says, this is the gospel you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. Let's start at the end of that section, that last phrase. For the sake of his body, which is the church. That is a profound idea. It's a metaphor. It's one of those images or figures of speech that helps us understand something. But I think it's actually more than a metaphor. The Bible tends to do that sometimes. Jesus Christ at one time had a physical body. He walked around on two legs. He spoke. He lived. He spoke Aramaic. Maybe he spoke some Greek too. And, 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 uh, and he had some friends and he had some enemies. And he lived a human life with a physical body that eventually his enemies killed on the cross and his father, God, raised from the dead. But now, what is the body of Christ? Well, look to your left. Look to your right. You're looking at the physical body of Christ on earth right now. We are, by the power of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. Right now, we are, when we join together, the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus Christ. We are that body. And that is a powerful thing for us to begin to understand. That right now, God wants to act in the world the way he acted through Jesus Christ when Jesus was walking around with his body on this earth, he now has made all of us into that body. Millions of hands and feet, millions of mouths to proclaim the truth, millions of ears to hear uh, with sympathy the suffering of others, millions of minds to think about the glory of God. That we are the body. That is a profound and powerful thought. But in relation to the big theme that's rolling through this passage, the us and them theme, the outsiders and the insider theme, what does it mean that we are the body of Christ? What does that mean? The church, which is the body of Christ, is meant to be big enough to hold all those that Christ loves. That has always, I'm just going to tell you, we can document this in every phase of the life of the Christian church. This has always caused difficulties. Right from the first, these churches that Paul is writing to, the big division was between the Jews, God's chosen people, and the Gentiles, all the other peoples of the earth. And as Paul begins and others begin his ministry of reaching out and spreading the gospel to all the other nations, the ultimate 
them out there and starts bringing them into the church and they start sitting in the pews in the church and they these Gentiles who used to worship pagans and have all kinds of habits that are pretty offensive to the Jewish people and the Jews who have habits that are pretty offensive to the and attitude sometimes pretty offensive to the Gentile that was tough to do that was hard but the body of Christ is meant to be big enough to be able to cross all those divisions and to bring all kinds of people together because Jesus trumps all that. <laughs> Jesus is over all of that. And, and the divisions we try to erect between different peoples just melt away when we think about the, the salvation of Jesus Christ that he's changed our lives with. You and I, Christians, we struggle with that. And if we find ourselves in a church with people who are really different from us, we may struggle. It may hurt. In fact, that's what Paul says. One of the things he says is, I fill up in my body what's lacking in the suffering of Christ. You're the body of Christ. The physical body of Jesus Christ when he walked on earth suffered. And now, body of Christ we are called to continue to take up our cross and suffer. And, and when we cross over boundaries that the world has set, said we shouldn't hang out with that group of people. We shouldn't be with that. Those are the kind of people we need to keep at arm's length. When we do that, the world's not going to like it. We're breaking the rules. And the world's going to criticize us. And it's going to hurt to be able to stand in the truth of the transformation that comes through Jesus Christ. Sometimes that hurts to make the body as big as it needs to be. To include all the people that Christ loves. To continue to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. To love your neighbor as yourself. And then that hard one. To love even your enemies so that you become more and more like God who sends his reign on the bad guys and the good guys makes his sun shine on those who love him and those who are running from him that's what we're called to be the body of Christ his church it is going to be a struggle we're never going to be very perfect at it We'll always be able to criticize ourselves because we haven't achieved it as fully as we can. I think God kind of knows that about us. He's just saying, this is the path you are to bring everyone into this body to the extent of your power and to overcome criticism and to overcome the suspicion of the world and to overcome all of those barriers that the world wants to throw up to keep us apart. We are here to bring each other together and to love one another. Down in verse 25, Paul gets kind of philosophical. He starts going on to a track, and, and, and this is something he expresses in Hebrews, as, I mean in Ephesians as well. He says, I have become the servant by the commission of God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. 
that, that God's word has now come in its mature state, Paul says. That's what God has commissioned me to begin to preach out into the world, Paul says, almost 2,000 years ago. We've had some of the revelation of God in the Old Testament, I'm sure Paul is thinking about through the prophets and through Moses and through so many others, sources and avenues. But now in Jesus Christ, the full revelation has come. The mature, the grown-up, the adult stage revelation has come to help us understand what it is that God wants out of his people. Verse 26 that adult stage, that fulfillment stage, that, that final stage of the revelation, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generation and is now disclosed in God's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I chose to make that the title of this whole sermon because that's just such a fascinating idea. A mystery that nobody has known up until now, Paul says. And now I've been commissioned to get to preach it and you guys have all been commissioned to tell it as well. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is so profound. You know, you go back and you read the story of the creation of the world. And you see how after the fall, human beings just went from bad to worse, hating and being hated. And, and finally, by the time you get to Genesis chapter six, every imagination of their heart was evil all the time. God brings the great flood. He brings Noah and his family through that flood and the animals. And begins again, but the problems are still there. It's not long until once again we see people dividing up into us and them. And all the other problems that come with human beings. And then God does something very strange. In a world that's plagued by this, among other problems, God says, in a world that's divided up, us, them, these are the people you hate. These are the people you don't associate with. Us, them. God says, I'm going to pick one family, Abraham. Come with me to the place I'm going to show you. Leave your own family behind. Leave your own tribe. I'm going to be your tribe now, God essentially says to Abraham. You come follow me. And I'll show you a land that I intend to give to your descendants. I'm going to make you... Abraham has no children at all. I'm going to make your, you have so many children, it's like the sand of the sea. It's like the stars in the sky. And not only that, Abraham, but by picking you one family and one nation, I'm going to bless all the people in the world through you, all the nations in the world. Right now, there are groups of nations that partially live by hating other nations, at least some of the time. But all of those nations, I have a plan, Abraham, and if you'll follow me and be my man and let me make a family out of you and let me make a nation out of you, then Abraham, I'm going to bless all of those warring and hostile groups throughout the entire world. That's the grand scheme I have. 
how is God possibly going to pull that off? If all we had was the Old Testament, we would not know. It is a mystery. It is an unrevealed fact. How could God keep that promise to Abraham that somehow starting with one nation, he could bless all nations? And Paul says, it's been given to me to get to preach this good news. It's been given to you, Christians, to get to hear this good news. It's been given to us that live in this time to be able to live in this good news, the fulfillment of this mystery. What's the answer? To them God has chosen, verse 27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The great mystery since the call of Abraham is how can God bless all nations when the nations often live by hating each other? How can God pull that off? The answer, Christ in you. Look at the people that are sitting around you, the body of Christ. The world is often telling us, don't trust those people. They have the wrong views or they, they belong to the wrong race or they, they are a different social class from you. They have this education that separates you from the education. You, whatever it is, the world is saying, us, them, us, them, us, them. But here we are. And in the body of Christ, when I look over, whatever the world has said about one of you, the Bible says, Christ in you. You get it? Christ in you. When I look at one of you, the first thing I'm, I'm learning to see is Christ in you. When you look at me, I hope what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart is teaching you to think Christ in that person. Christ has transformed whatever divisions there are into this unity. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul says, that's what we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so we can present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Christ is giving me power to preach this gospel, Christ is giving you power to, to believe this gospel and to tell it to other people and to continually and increasingly live it out. The world will continue to be suspicious of a church to the extent that church erases the borders the world wants to erect. And the world will continue to persecute often churches that erase borders that are in the interest of the world to keep strong. Nevertheless, Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in you, and in you, and in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Jesus Christ, the mystery hidden from all ages, that's the plan to overcome the divisions between us and them. I am so grateful that I get to live in the fulfillment of the gospel that Paul talks about. 
And I get to try to live out that truth. And I hope that all of us will join together in living out Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's have a prayer. Dear God and Father, we thank you so much for your many, many blessings to us. We particularly thank you that you have sent your, your powerful son, Jesus Christ, to die. And by his blood, you have purchased people for yourselves out of every nation and every language and every tribe and every tongue. And you've brought them together to make up the church, the body of Christ. God, help us, help us, help us to live more and more in that truth rather than what the world tells us about those who are different from us. God, help us to assert that truth again and again and again and to live it more fully because of Jesus in us. These things we pray in his mighty name. Amen. It's fun to be able to extend the invitation again. If you need to respond to what God is calling you to do, it may be that you respond right where you're sitting. It may be that you want some support from the church. And so you could come down the aisle in just a minute when Ethan leads us in singing. And you can tell us, I need some prayers or I need some help of some kind. It may be that today is the day you've decided, I need to put on Jesus Christ. I want to be part of that body. And so today is the day that you have your sins washed away in the waters of baptism brought in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ, and you begin to walk in this new way of living that Jesus Christ makes possible. If you want any of those things and you want to respond publicly, why don't you do that as we stand and are led in song?